Hello and welcome to another edition of the Farcom Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening each and every week. Uh, listenership has uh, grown since the beginning, which is really cool to see. Starting this podcast, I purposely started at the end of the baseball season and having the summer. I didn't know the summer would kind of have a little bit of a lull. Obviously, there's no sports going on, and one of the things with a sports podcast is breaking down games and kind of analyzing what the team has done right and done wrong and you know what's to come for the next week. And obviously, when school starts, you're going to have cross-country and you're going to have soccer, football starting right up, then shortly after men's women's basketball. So it's going to be much easier to uh, cover stuff and have content once August comes. But when I started New during the summer, I kind of wanted to touch on some great moments in Northwestern history. And one game I really wanted to cover was the 2001 win over Texas Christian. Not so much as for the game, which is awesome in its own right, but the events surrounding that game and that season are just remarkable in their own right. And I hope it do it justice. So I hope you do and enjoy listening to this. Uh, I had a lot of fun making it. I've re um, remade this uh, podcast about two times. Just uh, it does contain references to nine eleven. I wanted to make sure that was done uh, properly and that I did proper respect for that event. So thank you for listening. Uh, first, a word from our sponsors, and then we will get to the coverage of the two thousand one. Northwestern win over Texas Christian. You can't talk, in my opinion, about the 2001 season or that game against TCU without going back and talk about the events leading up to that season. Start off, uh, we're talking about Northwestern, the 2000 football team. Start off the year tremendously, 6-1 and one start to the season. Had a win over then-top-ranked Troy University at home. And in that game, Troy University, late in the fourth quarter, Got the ball first and goal from inside the one-yard line. And on four straight plays, the Purple Swarm defense of Northwestern shut down the Troy offense. It's one of the most impressive stands you'll ever see at any level in college football. It may be the best defensive stand in the history of Turpin Stadium. Packed house, crowd really loving it. reason that play is really not talked about in that series isn't talked about as much is because after that Troy game, the Demons would lose their last four games, finish the season six and five and missed the playoffs and for the demons it was a really big blow because you start off the season highly ranked you're six and one uh some people were even kind of starting to mention northwestern as a potential national champion and then the bottom falls out during this time there was a quarterback at lsu that was also highly touted and named craig Knoll. he threw for over five thousand yards in high school one of the more prolific quarterbacks in louisiana history and not only a high recruit in Louisiana, but nationally was considered one of the best recruits coming out of high school, and he eventually took his services to LSU. Now, LSU at this time wasn't the powerhouse they would become. They were just kind of a middle-of-the-pack team, were still considered a step below the powerhouses of the day. And during his time at LSU, he didn't play bad. Uh, wasn't the world-beater some people thought he'd be, but was still a solid quarterback. Uh, ultimately, his junior year, he went up in a three-way battle with Josh Booty and Rohan Davey. Uh, both who had successful careers themselves. And with uh, Craig Nall, unfortunately, during that shuffle, uh, his playing time was diminished. I think at one point, uh, his junior year, I think he only maybe attempted two passes. It was uh, not a lot of playing time for him with that three-way battle. So in the spring of 2001, Natchitoches was a buzz. Is the fact that the word came out that Craig Nall would be transferring to Northwestern and would be playing football for Northwestern in 2001, and it was a huge buzz around campus. It made headlines everywhere. 
So 2001 rolls around. Demons traveled to Southern University, and Southern University in 2001 was a very, very highly ranked team. Uh, they were very cable team, had a lot of weapons across the field, and Northwestern went in the Mumford Stadium, had a 30-21 to win over a very good Southern team, really controlled the game from the onset. The next week they played Henderson State, won that one 55-17. Of course, Henderson State, a lower division team. Now, in recent times and throughout history, they have had lower division teams come into Turpin and give the Demons a battle. Some have even gotten wins. This Demon team did to Henderson State what you want to see against a lower division team. They blew them out from the get-go. It was an absolute slaughter from the start, and that was a pretty, uh, pretty amazing game to watch. So Demons are 2-0, and it really looks like everything's going well. And that game against Henderson State was on September 8, 2001. A few, few days later, though, Unfortunately, uh, the United States was about to have a major event happen that would change not only the United States, but world history for good. It's 8.52 here in New York. I'm Brian Gumble. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. We don't know. The terrorist attack of 9-11 is by far the worst event I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, it's hard to really put into words the impact it has had, and to think of the thousands of lives lost is uh, just truly horrific. At the time, I was a student at Northwestern. I was uh, actually getting ready for class, and I had just kind of the TV on, just background noise, and the first plane hit, and I remember kind of looking at it and thinking, okay, well, it's a tragedy, you know, somehow, you know, commercial airline, something happened and, it, and, you know, it was an accident. And then a second plane hit and it kind of dawned on everyone that, okay, this isn't an accident. This is an act of terror. And throughout the confusion, you know, eventually came, you know, came to light that it was indeed a terrorist attack. And then there was a third plane. And again, just thinking of the thousands of lives lost and the heroes on the that third plane that prevented what could have been a even worse disaster and I remember going to class right after and uh, my my professor Mr. Ciccini uh, was teaching I believe it was a health class and it was just a very somber mood around the entire campus um, I don't think anybody talked about class that day it was all talking about what we were feeling and just the thoughts about what had happened and as the days would come uh, there was just a lot of anxious moments and uh, yeah, the feeling of that day, it's just hard to describe. And the thing I always think of, as weird as we were feeling that day, just the people of New York City and those that lost lost loved ones during that attack, um, it's just uh, you know, really something, uh, it's hard to wrap your head around. And, you know, just want to, you know, always give continued prayers to everyone that lost a loved one in that attack. It was just so horrific. I was uh, lucky enough to be one of the Demon fans in attendance at that game at Amonji Carter Stadium. And one of the things, looking back on it, that kind of sticks out was going into the stadium, there was the bag checks, and then there's the security officer with a wand, you know, doing the metal detector before entering the stadium. And nowadays, that's pretty standard practice. Any major event you go to, any sporting event, you're going to have bag checks and, you know, security, you know, protocol. 
Before 9-11, this was not a common practice. Uh, you had it at a few bigger events, but for the most part, uh, there weren't bag checks. They told you not to bring larger things in the stadiums, but other than that, there was really no big security checks like we have now at almost every event. And It's just a reminder how the world changed after 9-11. And going into that game and leading up to it, I spent the night uh, beforehand in Fort Worth and then the night before going back to Natchitoches. And the one thing that going to the game is TCU was a heavy favorite over Northwestern. They had a really good start to the season. They start off the season at number four, Nebraska. Nebraska at the time was a national title contender. And they played the Huskers really close, losing 21-7, but a game that was in doubt late in the fourth quarter before the Huskers pulled away. Then they had a win over North Texas and a good 38-10 win over SMU. So they came in looking pretty good, and TCU at the time was considered one of the best mid-majors. Of course, they uh, were not yet in the Big 12. They played in Conference USA with Tulane and Cincinnati. And Conference USA at the time was, uh, in my opinion, the best of the mid-major conferences. So going into the game, it was definitely thought to be an easy win. For TCU, I remember watching the news broadcast the night before and they had their analyst on uh, in Fort Worth talking about the game and they predicted, I think one analyst said he predicted 45-7 win for TCU, another one picked 56-3. So the demons across the board were coming into the game expected to get absolutely blown out. Something I do want to mention before we get into the game was... Northwestern brought a ton of fans to Amon G. Carter Stadium. Really was impressive. And something I've long thought is that Northwestern State really doesn't get the credit we deserve. As I've always felt the Demons, compared to other schools of our size, especially other in-state schools of our size, uh, Demon fans travel exceptionally well, in my opinion. And we're definitely in full force at TCU. So starting off in the game, TCU would get on the board first. With 8.46 left in the first, Nick Brown would hit a 28-yard field goal. Nick Brown came into the game very highly touted as a kicker, was closing in on the mark for most field goals made in a row. Uh, His field goal was set up by Casey Prentice, 43-yard pass to Adrian Medice to 13-yard line, which was up, of course, that field goal. Demons would answer right back and would score with 2.48 left in the first quarter. Craig Knott would hit Devon Lockett on a 9-yard pass which would give the Demons a 7-3 lead. The big plan to drive to set it up was Craig Nall would hit a 10-yard pass to Freddie Harrison on a 3rd and 8 to get a first down down to the TCU 24, which would set up that touchdown. Demons would lead 7-3 after the first quarter. In a second quarter, TCU would answer back really quickly. Prentice would once again hit Medice on a 23-yard pass with 13-20 remaining, and TCU would take a 10-7 lead. And... Rest of the second quarter would kind of go back and forth. TCU couldn't really establish anything. Demons would couldn't establish much. Uh, both teams would get a first down two, but then eventually drives the stall out. So Demons more than held their own against TCU and go into the halftime down 10-7. And being in the stadium, there was a lot of excitement on the Demons side of things. Uh, one thing I remember uh, that kind of stands out to me is I went to the concession stand at halftime, and there were some TCU fans behind me, and one of them said legitimately who on earth are these guys like where did this team come from and they're just we're in shock that uh, we were taking them to the wire because again we were expected to get blown out and the demons 
were more than holding their own. In fact, we were dominating their offensive defensive line. And when the second half started off, one of the fears, and talking to other Demon fans at halftime, one of the big fears we had was that when the second half would come, their line would start to assert themselves. Because, again, they held up to a very good Nebraska team that was known for a good line and in many ways dominated that Nebraska team. So there was a fear that in the second half they would start to assert themselves, but the opposite happened. In fact, the Demons came in, and the Demons actually inserted themselves. So third quarter comes around. It's kind of going back and forth, and then late in the third quarter, Craig Nile hits a 45-yard pass to Sean Weber to the TCU 18, which is a key play, which set up a Sanford 29-yard field goal with 341 left in the third quarter. And in a three, Demons are tied 10-10 with TCU, which is just absolutely phenomenal. And there is excitement. At this point, you go from, I hope you keep it close, to now you're starting to feel like, you know, we can, we can beat this team. We, we definitely can beat this team. TCU would answer first early in the fourth quarter with 13.52 remaining in the game. Dunbar hit a 30, gets a 36-yard pass from Printers. That would give TCU a 17-10 lead. But right back, Craig Nall would come back on a really great drive. At 9.34, he would run it in for one-yard run. Sanford could, of course, get the kick. That was a nine-play, 79-yard drive that took 4.15 off the clock. TCU tied with NSU 17-17. I'm going to mention these drives in the fourth quarter because, again, please understand this was a very highly touted TCU defense, and there's some very impressive drives in the fourth quarter. Now, TCU would come right back with 4.20 remaining in the game. 30-over-yard pass uh, from Prentice to Dunbar. It was a 56-yard four-play drive. They kind of sliced through the Demon defense, and they would take a 24-17 lead. So Demons would get the ball back. And one of the best drives you've ever seen in Demon football history, and this drive went nine plays, 80 yards, and three minutes and 30 seconds to tie the game up with 50 seconds remaining. And again, I just want you to just kind of look at the fact that in the fourth quarter, there were two really solid drives that weren't just us hitting a lucky Hail Mary. These were solid time-consuming drives against a very stout defense. And the play of the game, and one of the great plays in Demon history, was the Demon set a fourth and four in the TCU 40 as time was winding down. Now, if we throw an incompletion here, get sacked, TCU wins the game, and we're not talking about this. It's just one of those where we say, hey, remember when we played TCU and we kept it close, and we pretty much forgot about it. But because of this play, this is why this game lives on Demon history but Craig now drops back to pass is about to get sacked spins out of a sack and then off of the spin while slightly off balance just throws an absolute bullet 26 yards pass to Freddie Harrison on that fourth and four to keep the drive alive I'm not going to try and describe it more than that Uh, if there's video out there I would love to see it and I suggest if you have access to video of it please watch it because it is one of the most amazing plays in the history of Northwestern football, and one of the reasons Craig Nall is, in my opinion, still one of the greatest uh, in a greatest NSU quarterbacks in history. But Craig Nall, 50 seconds left, would hit Jeremy Lofton with a 14-yard pass, which would tie the game up at 24-24. TCU uh, would not uh, take any more strikes downfield as the Demon line was really destroying their offensive line, so that would set up an awesome overtime game and tied up at 24. And to say the excitement around Northwestern and the bench and the fans at this time, it just can't be understated. It was 
really a lot of positivity. And around the demons now, we're saying we are going to win this game. This is no longer we hope we win. We're going to win this game. We're beating their lineup. And it would set up an iconic overtime and one of the greatest sports moments in demon football history. So that brings us to overtime. And Northwestern State in first overtime get first and goal. Would actually lose yards to have a third and goal on the four team. And Craig Nall would set up a 12-yard pass. To set the chip shot field goal with Sanford would absolutely bury, and the Demons would take a 27-24 lead. TCU, on their time in overtime, first play would get a very nice pass, get first and goal from the four-yard line. Next play, however, they would have a fumble, lose five yards, then a nine-yard sack. They would have to get some of it back, which would set up a Nick Brown field goal. Now, listening to the TCU radio broadcast, they did mention about how Nick Brown, very prolific kicker, guy who, you know, setting records... Just a Mr. Automatic. So they were feeling pretty confident that he hit the field goal. They get the ball next. And their hope was that they would have worn down the Northwestern defense a little, having played two overtimes back-to-back, and they could get a touchdown and escape with a win. Demons, however, as the kick would snap would be great, and it was a booming kick. I'm telling you, the stadium, when he hit the ball, there was an audible boom from his foot. But the Demons would jump through the line, get a block, and the Demons would get the 27-24 to victory over TCU. And being in the stadium, it was almost a surreal moment when that field goal was blocked. The kick was blocked, and it took about a second or two for everyone to kind of realize what had happened. Is you had the block, then a second or two of people just just kind of absorbing what actually had happened, followed by absolute pandemonium. And to tell you how absolutely insane the Northwestern crowd was, as I was at the game, the person I was with, we were sitting on row M. By the time the celebrations had ended, we were on row K. And talking to other people that were at the game, they said the same thing. They ended up on four or five rows away from where they had been at because it was just hugging and cheering and people chanting NSU and just absolute pandemonium on a Northwestern sideline and a Northwestern fans. And it was an amazing moment. There's a great radio calls on both sides of the action, and I apologize. I looked everywhere I could for them. I couldn't find the radio calls. If anyone in Demon Land has any of these calls, uh, if you could send it this way, I'd really appreciate it. They just uh, did a phenomenal job on both sides. If you listen to Demon Radio Call, you literally hear him say the kick is up, followed by about a moment or two of dead air, and then just absolute chaos. You hear yelling and screaming. You hear somebody yell, we won, we won. And it's just chaos for about five seconds before they kind of regain themselves and then kind of not only talk about the block, but the scene unfolding in the stadium with the celebrations. It's really cool to listen to. On the flip side, the TCU audio, which is amazing in its own right, you hear the guy literally say, the kick is up, followed by about four or five seconds of silence. And then he just very subdued says, I'm going to be sick. And it's just an amazing call because in the background of him saying I'm going to be sick, you can hear the celebrations from the Demon press box and Demon uh, media staff, which is just so great. Uh, Gary Patterson, the TCU coach, uh, referring to Northwestern, which ended up with 447 yards on the day. Craig Nall threw for 326, which is you know amazing because how good that team was. And his exact words were, it's been a long time since someone did it to our defense. Steve Roberts the coach at NSU said, we may never get a chance like this again, coming on the road and playing the way we did against these guys. I'm feeling super exhilarated. I'm surprised I didn't have away because it's been a while since I've had a run like that in quite a while, which is a great quote. Uh, Jason Grow, the 
defensive back, referring to our wide receivers, said those guys wanted the ball and thought it was theirs every time it was in the air. They proved how good they were. <clears throat> Gary Patterson said, defensively, we finally played a team that went deep on us and we didn't handle it well. We did some things well, but each time we did, they answered. And referring to Craig Nall, Craig Nall's good. On four of those passes, we had him behind the line, and he got away each time, and it hurt us. And again, just look at those quotes, and it's just such respect from Gary Patterson, who in his right is a really good coach, talking about Northwestern. Steve Roberts deserves a lot of credit for that year. Demons would eventually go uh, have a successful season and finish 8-4, and four, would drop uh, further games to Oklahoma State, uh, Sam Houston, and McNeese. Uh, and we'll lose the final game of the season to play us in Montana. And the Montana game was really remarkable in the fact that it may be one of the most one-sided games officiating-wise you'll ever see. Um, and it's a demon team that I really do believe had they gotten past, Montana would have had a good chance to win a national title. Um, the officiating was so bad in that Montana game that even the Montana announcers as I was watching a Montana broadcast of that game, the Montana announcers in the fourth quarter even mentioned that the officiating was definitely suspect and one-sided. Uh, but again, not to take away from the Demon team, it was just an amazing season, one that definitely should be celebrated. And I hope you've uh, enjoyed this recap of the Northwestern win over TCU. It was very enjoyable for me just to go back and kind of read the old articles and just every nugget I could find about it, ESPN coverage of it. And it was just a really fun game to look back on. And when you look at all the things surrounding it with Craig Nall coming in and the 9-11, it just makes it all that more remarkable and that more memorable. And uh, from me to everyone on that team, uh, definite heartfelt thanks to everyone on that Demon team for a memorable season. Thank you for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed the reminiscing and thinking back to that 2001 TCU game. Whenever I left the hotel in Fort Worth the next morning, I picked up a newspaper, the Fort Worth uh, Telegram newspaper. I, By the time you listen to this, I should have uploaded pictures from that newspaper of the Demons went over TCU. So I highly recommend looking at those. It's just a really cool uh, memory and just some cool pictures. And the Fort Worth newspaper did a very respectful job towards NSU. Coming up soon will be the Southland Conference Media Days. I will... Hopefully on the next uh, podcast I release in a week, I'm hoping to have enough information where I can cover the media days and see what news or lack of news comes out of the media days. It's a very interesting uh, time for the Southland Conference, so it'll be very interesting to see what transpires during those media days. I think Northwestern Athletics is primed for a great run this uh, next coming athletic season, 2021-2022, so really anxious to have the season start up as I'm sure all the listeners are. So as always, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great, great week. And as always, Farkham Demons. <laughs>